Welcome to the Searching for Meaning podcast. I'm joined by my brother, Tiago. Welcome. Good morning. And my name is Gonzalo, because I almost forgot. <laughs> and today's episode is one that may be a viral episode, if we can call oh. it that. Because it's from, uh, we're going to be reviewing the critically acclaimed, best-selling New York Times best-selling book, Number The one. Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. And yeah. if you have not been living under a rock, I'm sure you've you know heard of this book. It's you know topping all the charts and has been for a long time. And yeah, the uh, book, it isn't yeah. from this year. I think it's last year's, but it's still on on top. Yeah, which is kind of surprising. And yeah, because uh, Mark Manson is releasing a new book in March, I believe. This is kind of like the prequel on our May, podcast it's to it's May. Yeah, so this is like the prequel to you know do the podcast on that book. And both of us had already read this book once, but it was fun to, you know, go back and take some lessons that maybe we had not gotten from before. And uh, yes. one thing I always get from Mark Manson is how well he writes. Because he writes so... He just grabs you, you know? You're, you start to read and, and then you get grabbed onto this world he creates for you. And he just writes super, super well. Because, first of all, he's not afraid to swear and to use you know like rude language quote unquote. not afraid to sound dumb yeah yes <laughs> and then but yeah because because he writes in like a simple way it's yeah. almost like donald trump how he speaks he speaks at like a fourth grade <laughs> level but he he grabs you with that it's kind of yeah, like the like same a, the same concept he's a psychological like black belt but it gives it to you like a like a white belt <laughs> yeah so you, yeah exactly it's like it's a different. It's very easy to read his books, and, and his, he has a blog also. Like all his blog posts are very, a very easy read. He grabs you. It's not like um, I would say like the the biggest contrast. Like I'd say to this would be like a Jordan Peterson. Like reading yeah. his books is something like <coughs> it's, it's hard. It's great concept, of course, but like it's such a an intellectual and so smart. It gets you on though. It's a kind of a a difficult read in the sense that you have to put a, a little bit of effort. I feel yeah. like this book is just can keep on you have to to stop yourself sometimes because you just sometimes i was there for like three hours straight yeah but, this is almost yeah it's the opposite of like a a jordan pearson book in the sense of grammatical the, the grammatical sense let's say yeah not in the sense of like yeah. the, the concepts i'd say like yeah. there's there lots of similarities but yeah in grammatical it's like the opposite <laughs> yeah and i think like with this simplicity it leads us perfectly i would say to the first chapter of the book which is called yeah. Don't Try. And start. <laughs> if, like, on the first read, if you're reading this for the first time, it's a great shift from the typical self-help, which is try harder, do more, focus on your weaknesses, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, this kind of great... does a 180 on you. And he goes over, like, so, for example, a confident guy doesn't need to, you know, every morning tell himself, I'm a confident guy. Just like a... LeBron James doesn't need to tell himself every day, I'm a great basketball player, because he just knows that. And all that he did before kind of proves that to himself. And uh, what he says in the book is that by you constantly trying to, you know, be something you're not, quote-unquote, and all, almost screaming at yourself something else that you are not, you're reinforcing that you are what you are not, as opposed yeah, to, you know... If you scream every day in the mirror, I'm a confident guy, then you are reinforcing yeah, that, that more screams insecurity. the opposite. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's reinforcing the opposite. Uh-huh. Definitely. Yeah, and I think it's, yeah, it's the, the, the biggest thing. I think I agree with you when you said it's uh, the, the mindset shift with, when reading this. Like if you're, when I first read this, I was like getting, a, I was like the, the typical self-help junkie. I just like read Tony Robbins. And so I was really getting into it and when I read this, it's like a, a complete mindset shift because all up, up until this point, you're just like, <clears throat> I want more. I want to, I want, I, because you like the other self-help books, maybe they orient you to the way of like wanting more, not being satisfied with your life, which is like something mo many people need. But then I think yeah. what happened to me and especially with my personality, it just led to an excess of what, um, so it reignited an ambition, but it, I think, I think it came very, very hard and creating lots of different kinds of insecurities and problems that I think this book really helped address. And I think most people would benefit from reading this at the, 
beginning of a self-help journey or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And I think like one of the things that also reinforces when you, when like you're trying to prove yourself to be something you are not, is it kind of starts uh, like quote unquote, a feedback loop from hell, as he calls it in the book, which mm -hmm. is, so for example, let's say taking the same example, you go, you scream in the mirror, I'm a confident guy. But then like deep down, if you're not, you know, you are not. So then you kind of like get frustrated because you're not, but you're kind of trying to be. So then you start mm -hmm. to feel frustrated at the fact that you're frustrated that you can't be a confident guy. And then yeah. you get frustrated at the fact that you're frustrated, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, no it just keeps going and going. And then you don't even know why you're frustrated anymore. Mm -hmm. So by like almost like bridging into the next topic of the book, bridges into the title of the book, which is the subtle art of not giving a fuck, which is more like, where are you going to give your fucks to? Yeah. It's, that's yeah, more uh, like where it focuses on. Yeah, really <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. Sentence. He has a really good sentence. It's like, I think, uh, encompasses what it means is the key to a good life is not giving a fuck about more. It's giving a fuck about less. Exactly. So it's, it's like, it's how he calls it, allocating your fucks appropriately. So really giving a fuck about what matters be like your purpose, your, 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 your business, your friends, your family, relationships. Like most people give a fuck about other small things unconsciously, like the, my TV, my, my favorite show got canceled, my yeah. whatever, like random bullshit, this food doesn't taste well, kind of stuff like this. Just it, it just screams that you don't really have a purpose or something defined to, to care about. And that's the something goes, it goes into uh, later on in the book is if you don't have something to give a fuck about, something important, you will give fucks about things that don't matter. He gives the example of a, a lady cashing in coupons, a whole lady, like, she has nothing in her life, her, her sons don't visit her, she doesn't have a, a husband, all she does is take, cut coupons every day so she can use it in the store. And one day she goes into the store and they don't, the cashier doesn't accept her coupon. And so, of course, she loses her mind because the coupons are all she has in her fucking life. She's been dedicating her life to her coupons and from the outside it looks ridiculous but if you are that lady like this 17 year old dude just came in and destroyed your whole life purpose and your coupons <laughs> yeah. and that's just goes to show like a, it's a very dramatic example but most people if you notice will get mad about like dumb dumb stuff like that and allow it to govern their lives to a level that's from the outside is ridiculous yeah exactly so it's not one of those things where you like you're never going to be a guy, nor do you want to be, that doesn't give a fuck about anything. And he gives a yeah. perfect example, which is like the guy wearing sunglasses at a, at a funeral, like smoking a cigar. Like, you don't want to be that guy. Or if you know the TV show, like Californication, the main guy, it's also like that. You don't want to be that guy. It's the typical, I don't give a fuck about the world. Yeah. Because you, you want to give fucks, like you said, but... You, you want to give them about shit that's important to you and that's actually going to improve your life. So giving a fuck about your relationships is going to improve your life. Giving a fuck about your body, your fitness, it's going to improve your life. About your business, same thing. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also like a mindset shift and it's not as much as like, oh, I give a fuck about becoming a Greek god physically. It's more about, I give a fuck about maintaining my gym routine. Because I care about myself. It's more about, you know, also shifting towards the process. Because, because then it's also not conflicting with your identity, let's say. Bringing back yeah. to, like, the confident guy. You're, you don't want to give a fuck about being a confident guy. You, you want to give a fuck about doing things that will make you confident, so to speak. It's more about yeah. that also shifting towards, you know, the process instead of, like, the, the big goal at the end that only lasts for... I don't know, one week maximum, and then you're back to the process. Yeah, he, he <clears> says <throat> it really well. He says it, not giving a fuck does not mean, does not mean being indifferent. It means yeah. being comfor comfortable with being different. Exactly. And you see it in the, in the example of the guy which, which is indifferent. It's just another type of insecurity. Here's the example of a guy like he doesn't want, he's afraid of what people will think of his hair, so he just doesn't read it at all because that way he has an excuse. It's like, oh, yeah, my hair sucks, but that's just because I don't care about it. It's like, yeah. I, and I, I really identify with that because I used to do that with school. So I, people would be like, I'll be like, yeah, I have bad grades just because I don't care. 
and it's like, yeah. it's like it's like it goes back to the, we talked about this previously but it's like if i wanted i could have good grades that's the thing i would say it's like it's yeah. ridiculous we have with the rest of that that's just like a, a a level of insecurity that most people don't even recognize it and that's something i really enjoyed like the first time and even now reading again mark manson is just like he's extremely good at understanding why people do things they do and explaining that yeah explaining why they do what they do so like in, in this case, like when you see the the guy that doesn't care about his his hair, like in the base level, the only thing I would say is like, okay, he just doesn't care about his hair. That's why he doesn't treat it. But he goes even deeper with that. It's like he doesn't t treat his hair because he's afraid of what people would think about his hair. So he he goes always goes one level deeper with the, that question, and that's something like, especially the first time, it's like it taught me how to question people's behaviors in a way yeah. I hadn't thought about before. So just like recognizing everything as a meaning behind it, every small action, and really questioning things that you take at face value. So, like, um, no, we can talk about this later. This should be just like... No, but, but I yeah, think we, yeah, can, we can, you know, we can talk about it. And I think also a good example of that, that, I mean, most guys can probably relate to, is let's say you're in a bar and you see a girl... And you're clearly interested. Or you see a guy and he looks at a girl who's clear, clearly interested in her. And then you say like, oh, dude, you should go, go over there and talk to her. Most, I, I would say like 99% of the times, the guy's just going to be like, oh, no, dude, she's like, I'm not interested. Or she's not hot enough or something. But deep down, it's the same thing. He's just scared of going there and facing the, the tragic reality or not. But that could be of, you know, the girl being like, fuck off, ugh. And yeah. you know, yeah, living it's a, the same thing living as with the, the, yeah, living with the pain of uncertainty is more comfortable than than with the with the, <laughs> the pain of certainty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's the same thing in school. Most of the times, those students are just afraid of giving it an effort and failing. Yeah, because when yeah, you're you when you yeah when you're in the limbo of like, maybe you'll fail, but maybe you'll also succeed. You don't have to deal with the the reality of either. So you know you're it's comfortable. Failure, failure yeah. of success. He yeah, talks about it like exactly. this. we are as afraid of failure as we are of success, and he, he talks about this, which is he calls it the Manson law, which is the more something threatens your identity, the more you try to run away from yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And that goes that goes both ways, whether you are successful or whether you you fail, and so people are always trying to avoid changing. Like it's just I think it's something in human nature. Nature we find we find routines and habits comfortable, so we don't really. We hold on to them because yeah. it's hard to change. Like exactly. go talk to anyone who has made some big life changes, and they'll they'll tell you it. It wasn't it wasn't easy. It wasn't an overnight pro process. It was something that took conscious effort, which is something we we talk about a lot yeah. in, this, in this in this podcast. And it's uh, yeah, it's um, a great concept, which I think he also embodies. And moving on, I think he I would like this chapter. He gave he gave like three key points explaining the type kind of explaining the title of the book and the next one was like it was like do not do not give a fuck about adversity you must first give a fuck about something more important than adversity so this was uh, the example of the lady i said in the cashier uh thing with the coupons and it, it's it's like it was this was an adverse situation if you should go back to the coupon situation but it, it's it only happened like the lady in this case only freaked out because there was nothing more important in our life than this, than this, the coupons. Yeah, the, absolutely. There was no, this adversity was enough to sh shatter down to the, like to the almost the breaking point in life. And it, we see, you see this a lot with a lot of people, like they give way too many fucks about like having the kitchen cleaned, having the plates <laughs> uh, in place yeah. like, and the house being cleaned, bed being made, which are like are important things. It helps you organizing but let's be honest like if you if you're really getting mad about those kind of things you just don't have something important in your life to give a fuck about yeah and you see that a lot yeah it's kind of like you don't have problems worth solving so you kind of have to get mad about those and i think that's yeah. kind of if you don't have anything else to say about chapter number one i think that's a good segue to chapter number two which is mm -hmm. happiness is a problem and what he kind of means by that is that always being happy and being in a state of happiness or joy it's more like that's the state of it all the time it's number one unachievable and number two it causes great pain to try to achieve that 
because then at mm -hmm. a certain point when you don't feel you know happy or joyful you feel like you're kind of fucking up that maybe some it goes shit back to the feedback loop yeah and it's kind of like jordan peterson also talks about this that to mm -hmm. to aim for a life where you're always joyful because that's kind of what it is like being happy it's kind of oh i'm enjoy i'm in enjoying yeah, I think it's an immature and idea. And it's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, that's why it's a, because like it's a new life, topic. life's yeah. gonna happen. You know, shit is gonna happen, and you you have to deal with it. And it's for example, if somebody dies, it's not healthy to be yeah. happy about that. To be yeah, like, you shouldn't be happy like in the funeral. Yeah, be like, oh, le <laughs> one less person polluting the earth. Uh, no, you're not gonna be yeah. like that. Nor should yeah, you. Yeah, the, 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 the extreme that positive is healthy. guy. Yeah, yeah, go like, ahead. Because yeah, at the end of the day, you can always find positivity in everything. <laughs> Be that like in the yeah. most like in, that's a very, very very morbid thing. But yeah, like in the, the case where someone dies, oh, I guess less one less mouth to feed. Ha! <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of like a psychopath. <laughs> you know, you're a fucking psychopath. It's no, much but, better to you know to sit down, deal with it, deal with whatever pain you're feeling, because you are gonna feel it. Don't like resist it. Just like the in the book that we talk about the. Um, the one you like a lot. Um, oh boy. Uh, Men search the meaning. No, no, the one with uh, radical, radical, radical acceptance. acceptance. It's kind of like that. Yeah. If you just allow mm -hmm. the emotions to come through you, be expressed, and then let go, you'll be much better. As opposed to, ah, no, I'm okay. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah, not also, gonna work. A... <laughs> it's not gonna work long term. This is also talked a lot about in stoic philosophy and there's a really quote, a good quote I, I like about Seneca I wrote it in the Instagram page two days ago it is better to conquer grief than to deceive it which is yeah. it goes back to this thing like <laughs> when you're doing the the always being happy thing and especially moments of loss of tragedy you're just trying to deceive yourself which is it's, it's an immature immature thing it, because you you're holding on to that view of a new topic reality where you can always be happy and it goes a lot just to get a little bit political to stir, stir some things up. Oh boy! This is what you see in the in the in the in the radical left, in the the, the the communist types. Like you see them wanting that utopic reality where everything can be perfect, everyone can be the same, and there is no injustice in the world. And it yeah. it, it, it 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 shows in the, the the base. If you see people that are in the radical left, they're more they tend to be more youthful. So they're the youth. They're immature. Is, it's a, yeah. Because it's, yeah, because it's an <laughs> immature thing. And I used to be the guy who thought, oh, being happy is the, the main goal in life. And there will come a time where I'll just be happy all the time. And that was the, the, the main goal. Which goes back to the first chapter, which if you're trying to be happy, it just accentuates the fact that you are not happy. Yeah. Like an happy person doesn't have to try to be happy. Because happiness, as it says, like it comes as a side effect of you chasing your purpose. Of doing things yeah. the right way. And... It's the I think the the way he frames happiness is very helpful, um, especially the first time. It was very like a mind shift, uh, like a paradigm paradigm shifting moment, and it's a, a really good quote he has in the book. To be happy, we need something to solve. Happiness is therefore a form of action. It's an activity, not something that is passively bestowed upon you. So, the the idea is that happiness isn't just like something that will magically come down upon you, but it's also not something that you are kind of chasing. No, it's the side effect of you solving problems. And once you solve problems, you will get an happier life just because yeah. you're getting better problems. Which I think is the whole idea of his, of his concept of self-help. It's just finding better problems to deal with because you always have them. And it goes... Uh... Yeah, exactly. But you need to be... You kind of need to be okay with the fact that there's always going to be problems. Yeah. There's not going to come a time in your life where you're... It's like you're in your porch in your rocking chair. You're like, ah, life's good now. Yeah. No, that's it's not gonna happen. That's as, what, even that's if what we like, sell to people. That's the idea we yeah, sell to people. Yeah. Because even if if that moment comes, that's just a moment. Then after that moment comes another moment that may have a problem in it. Yeah. And forever in your life, that's gonna come. And I know for me at first, when I kind of started to realize that, I kind of closed my mind to it. I was like, no, that's impossible. Yeah. There are gonna be a time when it's gonna be okay. But, you know, after maturing a bit and, you know, when you run from something, it's just going to chase you. So eventually you're going to have to come to terms with it. And I had to come to terms with it, with the fact that problems are always going to be there. They're always going to be a part of your life as they should, mm -hmm. because that's the only way for you to be happy. Yeah. And I kind of noticed this in myself 
because I was sick last week. I was sick for the whole week. Yeah. And so, number one, I couldn't go to the gym or I, I didn't want to go because I knew it was going to be worse. Yeah. And then my mind, my mind, my head hurted, so it was hard to do the other things. And I noticed that because I couldn't solve the problems I wanted, I was feeling shittier. I was like, fuck, I want to go to the gym, yeah. but I really can't. So I'm, uh, yeah, you were I, I don't know. The it was like I was in a comfortable state. I was in a comfortable state, but it was horrible, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And now that I'm not anymore, that I'm like, oh, I can go to the gym again. I can do whatever business-wise that I want to do. I can do the podcast again properly. Now I feel way better mm-hmm. because maybe it was not that healthy to, you know, be like, oh, I hate my life. I, but, you know, yeah. That's why now I, I noticed that. Once, I, once I'm able to solve the problems I want, mm-hmm. then my life has way more meaning. That's kind of what I want to get at. Because I think you want to always strive to a point that you want to have problems that you chose to solve. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the thing. Yeah, not passively. Because like when you're starting, you're, you're going to have... Yeah, because when you start, there's some problems you're going to have to solve that, well, you didn't choose, you know? If you're fed already, well, fuck, you're going to have to solve that. <laughs> if you don't choose to to you know yeah. to solve it if you're poor you're gonna have to solve it mm-hmm. just but then once you kind of overcome that then you're like oh now i can choose what to solve yeah and that's when I'd argue, all these concepts I'd, start to make more sense yeah, but I, but yeah i'd argue it's always a choice like i think it's just an obvious choice if you're fat it's like it's yeah, obvious but, there's but something like, you need to deal with yeah okay but it's always like that like think the choice always you can choose to be fat for the rest of your life when you're fat, it's like it's just something obvious because it's there. It's yeah. physical. It's real. There's no subjective things involved. You know you're fat, and yeah. I mean there are there is a fat acceptance movement, so even that is becoming subjective. <laughs> everyone, everyone, fetch him, bro. everyone with a decent working mind <laughs> <laughs> can tell that doesn't really work. But no, that's why I, I that's why I, I really enjoyed that book, Radical Acceptance. We talked about it before so many times, just because. It goes. It goes. In, it goes really in accordance with what he speaks about happiness. It's, which is like accepting that you don't have to be happy all the time. Which is something like when yeah. I started this whole self-help thing. That was my idea. You had to be happy all the time. So eventually, when I was not happy, I was like, "What the fuck is going on? I'm doing things good. Why am I still not happy all the time?" And that that yeah. eventually like destroyed the habits I was trying that were improving me. Because I, I was like, okay, so I'm not feeling happy all the time, so this isn't working. So I just kept on moving thing, from thing to thing, expecting the next be- best thing to just make me happy for the rest of my life, which ended up yeah. like costing me a lot of time in, in, in terms of, I discovered some good habits, but I, then I wasn't, I wasn't mature enough to recognize that they were doing me good. So this, this idea of accepting the, the, the state which, where, you're, where you're at, so never denying the, the emotions or... The things you're feeling. So, if you're not happy, accept that you're not happy, and just accept that it's something that you you, you have to go through sometimes in your life. And happiness isn't even something that you you should necessarily wish to be feeling all the time. Because yeah, because the, I think this is a great <coughs> segue into the next topic in this chapter, which is emotions are overrated. So, I think this is really important. You we we as a society, I think we value too much what we we are feeling and. We give it yeah. a power that it's kind of like if you go back to like if you like explains it very well like emotions are simply biological signals designed to nudge you in the direction of beneficial change. That's all they serve for. Like we, I think we as humans we tend to tend to think of ourselves as like a, some kind of very special animal. We are really like high up on the the food scale. We are, but at the end of the day, we're just animals. And this is the emotions are just the way of evolution like discovered to tell us what what's good and what isn't good. So if you're yeah, feeling exactly. sad, most likely you're doing some things in your life that are making you sad. And that's why that's emotion, that emotion is there. For you to acknowledge the, the things that are making you sad and correct them. But at the same time, we are we're not machines. We are we have we come with defaults. Some people will be will tend to be more sadder than others. And that just goes to show you that emotions aren't always correct. They're just signs. If if there's a pattern, most probably they're correct. But if it's something just you feel sometimes, you don't really have to start like over hyper ventilating about not feeling good all the time that would yeah exactly just, and just uh, biology at the end of the day like we yeah like bio biologically we are there's two things we are made to do that is survive and then reproduce yeah and then repeat pretty much that's it and yeah like one once your body feels like you're not doing one of them properly then yeah it's going to give you some bad emotions so that's why let's say you're in a social gathering 
and you're not feeling like you're accepted or you're as praised or whatever that you wish to be, then it's kind of like, oh, your repro reproduction value is go down, goes down. Your body gives that bad emotion. Be like, dude, you're fucking up. Yeah, you get less serotonin. You're not gonna reproduce like this. You you're not gonna <laughs> survive. Then you feel better. Like, oh fuck, I need to solve some problems about my social skills. Then you go solve them in hopes of that emotion not getting triggered again. Yeah. But that's all that is. Yeah. Like Just realize that it's not something that complicated. You don't need to go like, oh my. My spiritual past is corrupted now. It's, it's not <laughs> my like chakras that. are not aligned. Where did I go wrong? Yeah. My chakras are not open. And this no, is this is maybe, to make fun maybe, of, but <laughs> like those religions. But, but I think they. Yeah, but but yeah, at yeah, the end ahead. of the day, it's it's you can boil it down to some pretty basic bio, biological shit. Yeah. And to solve those, just know that, and know that when you solve or when you do, are trying to solve those problems, those emotions are going to come up again and again. Because you're going to be put in the scenario where you don't like to have those emotions, but you're trying to solve them. Mm -hmm. To boil it down to a basic level. Uh, if we're going over like a social scenario kind of thing. But know that it's okay. Embrace them. Because if you can be okay with, you can be quote-unquote happy with bad emotions, then fuck, you're that's, happy that's with a superpower. everything. Like, the first time I read yeah. that book, Radical Acceptance, and I recognized that, I felt like a, like, like a fucking superhero. Just because... I was sad, but then I like I recognized I was sad, and all of a sudden, it's like I wasn't even mad because my I think my default emotion with those things is just anger. So every time I got yeah. sad, I used I I got angry. So it was like a the feedback loop, and from yeah. that moment on, I just accepted I was sad, and then it stopped. It just stopped there, and I was like, "Whoa, I can do this." It's like I have control about these things to a certain point, and I think it just also yeah. goes to show something that I, he also talks a lot about in the book, which is don't take yourself too seriously like we we're not like yeah perfect aligned machines like if something like if you're feeling sad maybe maybe it's just like a, a hormone just like shoot shut up like your serotonin levels decrease a bit and that's it that's what happened inside of your body that's also why it's good to know basic biology because you don't take yeah. us like if you go back to like if you imagine the the, the average teenager in their room just like Laying in their beds, crying, listening to, talking whatever depressive song is on. Little peep, little peep, <laughs> like oh, and then talking yeah. about depression. It's like, okay, maybe one in a hundred, you you have your brain fucked up. You you were born with the, the biological disposition to to depression. Okay, that's a big thing. I know it's a complicated thing, but most teenagers it's like just like you're just taking shit way too serious. Like, okay, your girlfriend broke up, broke up with you. You're fucking 15. What, what, do you think you're, that's going to be your soulmate for the rest of your life? Do you yeah. think it really matters that much? Like, you got a bad grade. Okay, you shouldn't be... If, you, if, if you're looking like to have a, a kind of future in university or stuff, it's bad. But things aren't going to be the end of the world. And, and, I, think, and I think teenagers are just a perfect example of giving way too many fucks about things that should not be give, be, 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 even be, be, be considered, like... There are girls that yeah. woke, wake up two hours before just so they can put makeup. And so they're just losing sleep about those things. There's just so many things that you're taking yourself way too seriously. It's the spotlight effect. Most people won't give yeah, a fuck and about a lot of it, you. A lot of it also comes from a more practical side of it. Spending too much time on social media, on electronics, on entertainment. Yeah, that's and not enough time number one to be zen as you know, fuck right now. Not enough time with yourself, which which is kind of true. Not enough time with just chilling with yourself, you know. No one's alone. How anymore. many times? And we've talked about this in previous podcasts, yeah. previous previous episodes. How often are you just sitting by yourself doing nothing, just you know, just breathing? Yeah. Never. You are never doing this, and then, like, so most of your days be is going to be on Instagram, on Facebook, and on YouTube, platforms that just give you highlights and give you peaks of dopamine of other people's lives the best that they can be not even the best they can be because that's kind of fake yeah like a guy can go to a private jet take a pick and that's it you don't even ride the jet the jet's <laughs> not yours yeah so you can be doing those things apparently but you're not and then if you're guiding your life towards those examples which are not even real of course you're gonna feel like shit when you're reading a book and some guys supposedly on a private jet with 10 models, of course your life looks like shit, yeah. you know? Uh -huh. Because you are comparing that moment to that 
other person's moment. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just as a practical tip to kind of close out this chapter, just be more with yourself. Meditate more. Just even if you don't meditate, I don't know, just go shopping and don't bring your headphones. Just, you know, chill mm -hmm. sometimes. Just go to the gym. Don't bring your headphones. Yeah. Don't bring a book. Just be there. Just lift the weights. And then you will notice that you will be more in touch with your emotions because there's nowhere to go. If you're alone with them, you kind of have to be with them. But it will be uncomfortable. Just it's a head up. Like oh, the first yeah, time you do this, like it's like it's really uncomfortable because like the demons in your head, quote unquote, will just come out. They've been being held back, held back their entire lives because you just you just been shoving them down with social media, with good food, with everything imaginable, just to try to keep them at bay. And at the beginning, they're going to come in rushing in just because they've never had that that uh, space on the that time on the spotlight and just before closing this chapter i feel like it's another really good concept he talks about which is uh what pain do you want to sustain because the path to yeah. happiness is a path full of shit hips and shame so the the relevant question isn't isn't going to be what do i want to enjoy because everyone can ask the question and everyone can answer it like fairly easily it's just like i want to have uh, like I want to have a good wife, good relationships, whatever, good, a good house, money, and but no one wa wants to ask the question: What pain do I want to sustain? Like, what are you willing yeah. to do for those things? Do you want to be a rock star? Okay, are you willing to? Like, he gives this example: Are you willing to practice every day on your guitar, going through the the pain of finding a band, booking booking uh, shows, whatever that be, whatever your dream is? Are you willing to do the boring stuff, or just or are you just in love with the the highlights? Which is yeah. goes back to the, the social media thing. We've just been taught about the highlights, the highlights. We don't value the the common life, which is ninety nine percent of your life. It's it's more important than the highlights, I'd say, because that's where you spend most of your life. And it's just uh, it's just something ridiculous. I think this is a very good question to change the, your mindset from what uh, from maybe if you're like really really in a, at at a loss of what you want to do, starting to ask these questions like what pain do I want to endure? what pain am I willing yeah. to choose is a really good starting point. And another thing like relating to that is I feel like nowadays everyone is kind of, they want to be the coach, but no one wants to be the student. Yeah. And you see this, like how many fucking social media marketing agency professionals you see popping up nowadays, or how many business quote unquote coaches you see popping up or even like business coaches teaching other guys, how to be business coaches themselves because yeah. like no one wants to be the student anymore yeah. like who wants to go through the, it's, the just a big, like, it's a big pyramid oh, scheme yeah like who wants to go through a period of like five years dedicated to a craft no public fucking victories at all maybe maybe few but most of your times like just hitting the, the hammer against the wall trying to break it chipping away no one wants to do that anymore yeah because you know like once again just to close out and going over a bit of what you were talking about, everyone just wants to see the public victory. Yes, my six pack on Instagram highlighted in all my greatness. Yeah. No, it's not like that. Do you know, like, for example, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Do you know how many fucking hours he spent in the gym every day for how many years until he got that body? Yeah. Like passing out in the gym doing squats and shit. But because he loved the process. He even says in um in the documentary, I think it's called Pumping Iron. Yeah, yeah. Where he's like it's like uh, every time I go to the gym and I'm lifting weight, it's like I'm having an orgasm every time. It's like I have an <laughs> yeah, orgasm in the really bedroom, then I have an orgasm in the gym. I love it. Like the guy, he loves the process. He's like spending four hours in the gym every day, but he's loving it. Yeah. And of course, that if he loves that process, then eventually he's going to have the public victory. But then it's, it's eventually. It's not after two months mm -hmm. of him lifting weights that Arnold Schwarzenegger has the biceps the size of my torso, you know, <laughs> it doesn't happen like that. Yeah. It's over long periods of time with a lot of effort. So motherfuckers get to work and stop browsing Instagram, which leads us to the next chapter, which is you are not special. Yeah, this is, I think this is the, the most you important thing. You are not special. The, you may think you're a special sunflower, you're special oh, rainbow. Woo People should cater to me. My emotions matter. What I think matters. This chapter Let's be honest. was the most important. You don't, ma you don't matter. I don't matter. Tiago doesn't matter. No one, like, you don't matter. No one gives a fuck about you. Your emotions are overrated. Your goals are overrated <laughs> to other people. And yeah. no one really cares about you. 
and you should not care as much as you care. Yeah. Because it's like you say this a lot. If everyone thinks they're in the 1%, but you're not, you're in the 99%, yeah. most likely. Yeah, that's the, the good phrase. If you're like yeah. most people, then like most people, you don't think you are like most people. Yeah, and, exactly. And this, like, this, this chapter is like this. The first time I read this, like, this came in as a fucking giant glove, gloved slap. Like, this was the thing I needed to hear. Because yeah. my whole life, I had the. And society really, really teaches you this. Like, kids, um, teachers, teachers, parents, they're all. They, as you're growing up, they're always telling you, you're special. You are de designed for great things. You, you were born to do great things. Everyone has the potential to be great. Okay, yada, yada, yada. That's not true. Not everyone can be great. Because if everyone was special, then no one would be special. That's just yeah. fucking life. If people are special because they put in fucking hard work, they have the the small, they have the genetic disposability for it, and then they put in the fucking hours and hours to do it. And you're not going to get there just by simple magic. You, 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 you don't get anything at, base, at baseline. Life doesn't award you anything at the beginning you have to put in the work for 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 the things you do and this was like something i think growing up i just i just reckon i just accepted the fact that i had to be special i had to be someone different yeah. than all the others because the common was like the being common was the, the worst thing possible if you if you were like someone the average person then you like in my mind you're just like oh you suck you're average disgusting so, yeah, yeah I, i'd shit. actually yeah. i'd actually respect like fuck ups because just because they were different than average people so this this is the level of fucked up i, <laughs> I was just like depressed people i i respect them more just because they weren't the the normal average guy and yeah it it's just it it really blows my mind every time i think about it but i think it just sums it really up really well in this phrase it takes just as much energy and delusional self aggrandizement to maintain the belief that no one as insurmountable problems as that no one has no problems at all. So basically what this means is it takes mu as much energy as to be a, a fucking loser as to be a fucking arrogant dude. So if you're the, yeah. the guy always saying, oh my God, my life sucks, I can't fix anything, my problems are just so hard, you're a fucking narcissist because you, you just assume that your problems are special over everyone else's. Yeah. Odds are, you're pro no, most likely, I'd even say certainly, your problems are normal. They're average. Everyone... Not everyone, but lots of people are dealing with them right now. Lots of people have dealt with them with, in the past. And lots of people have overcome them. So you're not just a yeah. special sophic. Yeah, and you know what? That's kind of like a relief to hear that. It's to know a that, fucking relief. <laughs> to know that not only, you know, it's okay to be average. And that you, if you, live, if you manage to live an average, quote-unquote, life, most likely you live a, a meaningful life. You know, raising a family, going to work. Yeah, when, when, your when shit, did that become bad? You're gonna be happy, and not that not that you need to strive for that. Like I don't strive for that, but to to just achieve that in your life, it's perfectly you know fine and it's okay. Yeah. And to me, it also helps you more to relate to other people because you're not having this you know grandiose idea of yourself like oh I'm gonna climb the mountain and all these fuck ups I'm gonna leave them behind. Yeah, you take, you take no, yourself like, out of the pedestal. Yeah, because most of the time, if you look at yourself in your life right now. You're most likely average even if you have grand ideas and great goals well guess what you're not there yet you're so a, and you're average at you, most things you maybe you're until good at you thing. get there you're gonna be ever yeah exactly most people who are great at something are average to mediocre to shit in other things yeah. like do you think i don't know let's take an example do you think, Warren Buffett, um, i think Warren Buffett. so he's yeah the, one of the richest guys in the world third most rich guy genius in investing yeah. whatever eats mcdonald's almost every fucking day so like okay he's very successful in in this one thing and but but still like in just to give this example in the 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 the, the relating to nutrition is pretty average so he eats the basic american diet <laughs> yeah which is kind of sad that like, that is the basic american yeah it's kind of sad yeah. saying that but but yeah it, it's that's it like yeah not, he's not some you 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 are not going to be the super or anything yeah yeah like and we have that, I don't know what's the, the exact name of the thing, but you have this thing where you look at somebody who's great at something, and then you assume he's great at all other things. It's because he, he mastered that one thing. It's a lie. Like most, most people, or everyone, is great at one thing maximum, and then you're kind of shit to average in every other thing. Yeah. And that's okay. 
And it's okay to just be average at everything. And I feel like to be able to achieve great things, you kind of need to be okay with the fact of that. Kind of goes back to the same, the first chapter, like the don't try, it kind of goes back to that. Mm-hmm. Kind of embrace that. And embrace that you're, you're like, you're not special, man. You're not meant for greatness, quote unquote. You're meant for exactly what you have right now. And if you want more, you, kinda, you need to prove that you're worthy of more. Yeah. You need to go out there, do the steps required, fail, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice, it's kind of <laughs> fucked, fail the amount that is required, and then maybe get it, maybe, because shit's not guaranteed. You know those quotes, they say like, you put in the work and then you'll get it. Well, maybe you won't get it. Maybe you're doing a lot of work, but that it's incorrect work. Who knows? You don't know. Yeah. Maybe your, your business, you've tried for the 10th time, but you're doing shit all wrong. You didn't learn, you didn't do the correct way, so you failed and you're average now. That's Guess how, what? That's how you need to focus on the process. Kind of meant to be, yeah. Stoicism really goes, talks a lot about this and it's a, a really good way of seeing things, which is like, don't focus on the results as much as on your actions. So, because you, you can never control the results of things as much as you like it. You never fully control it 100%. What you do control is the way you see the world and how you choose, how you choose to act and the intention behind your actions. That's all you really control 100%. And that's all you really should, should care about. Of course, we are humans. You can't just... You have to have some result-oriented uh, goals, of course. But just keep in mind that you aren't meant for anything. I think the thing, like, when people say you're meant for greatness, you have great potential, that's bullshit. You have nothing until you <clears throat> actually have it. You, yeah. You, the only thing you were meant for was the things that already happened because you did the actions that took you there. You're not meant yeah. to have great things. No, you just... It is what it is. You put in, you put in work, maybe you get the things. And if, and if you don't, it's okay, because it, that's life. Failure happens. No, normal people will go... No, to rephrase that, people will go to hard shit, and yeah. it doesn't make you special to go to that. And yeah, because everyone goes through that. And, you know, it kind of just makes you focus on more of the ordinary things in life i don't know like meeting up with a friend petting your cat eating a fucking fruit that it's ripe i don't know basic things that you know are ordinary but like like he says in the book maybe they're ordinary for a reason because yeah. they're what actually matters i'm just looking at that quoting this is like quoting between Brilliant. quotes because it's, it's exactly what it says yeah maybe if these things are happening all the time maybe it's for a reason you know maybe it's because yeah. they are what actual actually matters it's not the fucking grandiose goal of, ah, oh, yes, it's me, surrounded by models and money and private jets. No, maybe that's something you can have one day, but it's one moment. Most of the other moments are just you with yourself, chilling, eating fruit, breathing, drinking water. So learn yeah. to enjoy these things, and your life will certainly be much better. Yeah. Which kind of brings us to the next topic, if Mr. Tiago has nothing else to say, yeah, we can which is... Kind of goes into it, like enjoying these ordinary things and you know being okay with sh- being shit, which is the value of suffering. So Tiago, I don't know if yeah, yeah I no, kind of no. have to gather myself here. No, I was just searching for a quote, but yeah, I think this this is also a very good topic, which goes I think it goes really well after the the whole happiness thing, which is kind of sh- shifting your your mindset from the the happiness search life to really something very different, which is being so viewing suffer as a useful tool. I think most people view suffering as just like something to avoid. You never want to suffer. You do as much as you can to never have to go to suffering. But once you're actually there, and once you actually like take a, a big rational look at at suffering, the most growth. I'd say are darker in my life and most people's lives will come from suffering. The the my most dark times yeah. were the ones that changed me the most for the better. And that's just goes to show how also how we squander, how we waste the hours of suffering that we have. When you're suffering, that's that's fucking that's important. Because if you if you know how to use that suffering, you can derive you can do big big things with it. Because yeah. <clears throat> when once you go once you really like once shit hits the fan that's where you, that's where like life tests you. That's where you, that's where you really like decide who you're going to be. 
Like when you're feeling like it's when you're happy, like it's really easy to do the, the good to do the good habits when you're feeling good. Everything's going well. <laughs> yeah. But what happens when people die? When when shit hits the fan? When you when you get a fucking disease? When people close to you are having diseases? Whatever it may be, like those are the times that define you. Those those dying hours, those really difficult moments. That's where you you choose who you you become and. That gets, goes to suffering. Suffering allows you to take a big, a big look at your life and cut all the bullshit out. Like once you, once you, yeah, someone... I feel like yeah, you know, ahead. suffering is what gives meaning to your life. And I don't think we even have to go to that such extreme of the suffering scale. Even just daily sufferings of having to wake up early to go to your job. Yeah. That's where you find meaning in that responsibility of the things you kind of quote-unquote, have to do, which is, which is kind of interesting because with Jordan Peterson and Mark Manson, guys like this, self-help-oriented, they're bringing us closer to this uh, life guided through suffering, through good suffering, suffering in the things that actually matter. But there's a, a lot of, and I feel like most of our entertainment news, etc. nowadays, is people trying to get away from suffering, like it, all, it all, has always been. Like, what do you see? Oh, become a millionaire in six months. Get the six-minute six six-pack. Six yeah. Yada, yada, etc. Like, what we all fail to realize at some point, myself included, is that only through suffering and the things that matter can your life have meaning. For example, Mark Manson gives the example of a story of a, a general of the Japanese army during the war with the United States. So they were fighting in a... I don't remember where, but... It was in a jungle. Yeah. And, you know, the, the Japanese got surrounded. They lost. And a lot of the troops that were with him got killed or surrendered. But they kept fighting their war. Yeah, they had orders and, to hold yeah. the Americans. And then, yeah, they got, they got an order to, to retreat. The guy did not retreat. Ten years after the war was over, I think they dropped a pamphlet from airplanes saying, the war is over, you can come home. The guy didn't come home. He kept fighting a war that had been over for a decade. Yeah. And this kept going on until 30 years after the war is o- was over. And then, like, the guy came back. He made his life. And then what he realized was that his life had way more meaning and he was more happy, quote-unquote. For those 30 years, he was fighting a war that didn't even exist. And he, yeah. when asked if he could do it all over again, would he do it? He said, yes, I would. Because yeah. at least during those times, my suffering had meaning. And then when I come back, I realize it didn't have, then it's fucked. Yeah, because he came that, back to what, a, a really yeah. different country. Yeah, That's to a country story. where that didn't represent his values. And he realized that the, he lost his war yeah. kind of to himself. And what, what I kind of want to get at with this is that you kind of have this war with yourself every day. Where you, going back to a previous topic, you have the decision or the option to choose where you're going to suffer. Now you can suffer in the right things. You can suffer the pain of going to the gym or you can suffer the pain of being fat. You choose. You can suffer the pain of having to wake up, um, excuse me, of waking up early to go to your job or the pain of being poor. You choose, you know? But it's always pain. It's always suffering. But you at least know that you always have a choice. And that's what makes all the difference. That's what improvement is. It's just, it's, it's like it says in the book, it's just getting better problems. Yeah. Like... But the, it goes back to the, the same thing. When you when you start going to the gym, you you, you drop the problem of okay, I'm being a, a lazy fuck every day, and your new problem starts being okay. Now I have to orient my life around around this other thing. Now I have to make a, an extra hour in my day. I have to set up my clothes for the gym. I have to take a shower. Whatever. <laughs> like your problems change. But newsflash, mm-hmm. I think having to make time for going to the gym is a way better problem than being fat a fat fuck. And that's just how life goes goes on once you're you're always getting better problems but that's also a good thing to keep in mind they never disappear and that's all that's awesome because if, if you had no problems you, you're just the, the, yeah. your life would be with him basically there because we are as humans we're always oriented to find the next problem that's how we evolve that's how we keep evolving yeah. you're always it, oriented to improve things and the only way to do that is to having suffering suffering is the best indicator that something needs to change and yeah. if you if didn't add that we wouldn't have meaning not only maybe not even change but you know that you're in the right path you know 
maybe you know that it's changing just even because even if you're changing it there will be suffering and there will be not suffering but there will be pain always mm -hmm. yeah pain because, is always there yeah even for example going into the next kind of topic even if you decide to guide your life by pleasure and pleasure becomes your determining factor in success there is going to be way more pain than if you choose to guide your life by by pain kind of what pain do you want to guide yourself to because yeah. let's say your your whole factor for being happy is i'm having pleasure right now then <clears throat> excuse me my voice is kind of giving out then most of your life's not having it's not going to be having pleasure and then it's going to lead you to very addictive behaviors so let's say you're having pleasure when you're having food then that's going to lead you to more and more pleasurable foods which is fast food cakes a lot of sugar a lot of processed refined carbohydrates it's going to fuck up your body which is going to make you get fat which is going to lead you to deal with the pain of do i want to be fat or do i want to go to the gym yeah. so just know that it's kind of it even says pleasure is a false god because it is like it's very easy to get trapped in the sense of like hmm this feels good so i should try to get more of this yeah. but know that it's going to lead you to a kind of a fork in the road where you're going to have to decide do i keep going in the pleasure route or do i kind of cut it and go toward the meaning route so kind of like a quick apart there yeah yeah it's know that like it's the pleasure not pleasure thing, it's a really it's a, a dangerous road to go to because you only really recognize the things when you hit rock bottom so a drug addict only really recognizes his bad habit when like shit's gotten way past the the fun points like once you're a cocaine addict yeah. you don't realize cocaine is bad for you when you do it the first or the second time it's when you're it's when you're like awake at 5 a.m in the the street selling your body to buy more cocaine that you recognize yeah. oh maybe this isn't doing any good to me or with this when you maybe it's when you become morbid obese that you finally recognize that's okay maybe fast food maybe maybe eating pleasurable food isn't really what what i need to orient my life around and yeah. this to paraphrase, in a nutshell, is what self-improvement <clears throat> is really about. Prioritizing better values, choosing better things to give a fuck about. Because when you give better fucks, you get better problems. And when you get better problems, you get a better life. And I think that really sums up this, this whole chapter. It's just choosing what you want to, to suffer uh, through. Yeah. And, and once you, you recognize suffering will always be there, first of all, it's really liberating because you're not with the the whole thing that I the whole I want I have to be happy all the time, and second, yeah. you once you recognize it, you are able to use it in favor of you in uh, in your favor. So you you can use suffering as a tool to keep on to keep on improving because it's a yeah. it's like a like we talked about emotions. It's it's a guideline. It guides you where kind of you have to you have to be. I think that's the way I I see it at least. Yeah, uh, I was kind of just browsing the chapters and uh, what I was seeing is the next few until like the last one. I feel like we're kind of be repeating ourselves a bit, but I don't know if you have notes on it. But because it's a bit about like failure, pain, etc. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we yeah, can I think it's jump uh, to the chapter number nine. Uh, yeah, sure. We can. I think I, I just I like to go to, the, to chapter eight first. I think it's also. Yeah, sure. A really, I think it, there's ahead. some things that we could we could talk about in this, which is the. Please, sir, go ahead. Thank you, kind sir. It's the it's called the importance of saying no, and yeah, it, it repeats itself a bit. So I just I, I kind of want to to go uh, to browse to it to it quickly. But yeah, for sure. I think this is really important when it this like this this chapter was in like relationships, be that romantic relationships, friendship, family, whatever it is, and it's. It's the power of, of saying no to things. Like, you are always choosing things to say no to. And whether you want it or not, you're always making conscious decisions. And most people, I think, don't have the... Um, don't recognize how much, how much bullshit they're saying yes to just because out of insecurity. How much people are maybe saying that... How much people are eating food just because... Because it, you, you feed them with other people... You're going out just because you want to fit in with other people. You don't want to miss out. That's fear of missing out. Yeah. And I think it's just important to have your boundaries to find and not being afraid to to hold them there. Of course, sometimes you don't want to be the strict guy that never has fun, but you, you want to make sure that your boundaries are appropriately set. So you don't want to always be 
letting up on your boundaries just because you're afraid of, of missing out on things. Define what you are, you define your values, define what you stand for, and then hold true to that. Because the, yeah. the, 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 the truth in that is if you are always letting up on your boundaries, you just end up surrounded by people that don't really make you happy, you, not make you happy, but don't, don't, they aren't aligned with your, your view, your purpose in life, which will just make you not enjoy their company that much. So I think yeah, and it will you make want... you kind of like a, a shitty person too. Let's say if you have no boundaries of, let's say one of your comp- key rules is like, I always keep my word. What I say is my, is my bond. But then if you have no boundaries with yourself, you're like, ah, f- I promised that, but I don't feel like it. Fuck it. Then it's going to make other people dislike you more, not trust you more. And it's going to make for a worse existence for yourself because, you know, others don't care for you. Because you just fuck them yeah. over. Mm-hmm. Kinda, that's, it's yeah, that's like, the, yeah, it's kind of what I get. Just from... to close out this chapter, <laughs> Please, that's sir. also a really good quote. Rejection of alternatives liberates us. Rejection, the rejection of what does not align with our most important values, with our chosen metrics. Rejection of the constant pursuit of breath without depth. So I think we see this a lot, especially like in youth. When And I, I'm still in youth, of course, but one year ago <laughs> I'd say this was, <laughs> this was my mindset. It was just like, have everything and don't go in depth into anything. I mean, I mean, of course, I wanted to go into depth, but I was just so busy and trying to do everything at the same time that I would just not get deep into anything. And I think this is where, like, discipline, this is the, to, to paraphrase again, discipline equals freedom. Once you limit yourself, this is said by Jocko Willing, of course, once you limit your options, you find more freedom in that because it's a really good example. If you have a choice in between buying two houses... Well, you, you, it's, a, it's an easier choice than having uh, the choice between 81 houses. Yeah. And once you choose uh, that one house from the two, you're going to be way more satisfied with that one out of the, the 81 houses if you had chosen one. Because you always have that fear of missing out. And I think this, that's what social media also reinforces a lot and that's what most people fear in these days. It's just th- that fear of missing out on things. Which I yeah. think this is a very important message. Just don't be afraid of holding true to your values and to to choosing things don't don't just let everything in the air be don't be afraid to choose things because truth is nothing's permanent if you if you choose something and you're not not happy with it you can just experiment with it you have a lot of time especially if you're our age you can choose things and then do not don't, don't be so afraid of investing yeah. your time into something because you will always learn something with in the process of it and if it, if it, it ends up not being what you want to do with your life, you can always find another thing. So only use breath, of course. Use like keep open, keep your ideas open, but only as a way of discovering the depth of things. So try things, but always oriented to like I'm I'm going to try this because I eventually want to find that one thing I can dedicate yeah. myself into it. Yeah, it's commitment, you know. You kind of have to commit yeah. to things. At some point, you know, if you're... if I also wouldn't say that if you're that young, yeah, you know, go experiment. But know that at some point you're going to have to commit to get rewards that you've not seen yet. If you feel like something's missing and you've tried a bunch of things, well, most likely what you need to do is to stick yeah. with one thing and just do that. But then, then you even, let's say... <laughs> <laughs> you yeah like if you follow chapter one chapter two chapter three blah, blah, you do everything like the like mark manson says in the book you follow what we've been telling you do it all to perfection you let go of your emotions you let go of needing stuff you you kind of work hard you deal with pain you do all that correct at the end you will still die we'll all still die and that's okay and you kind of need to also be okay with that because most of what we do as humans and what we like this all something like running away from pain and trying to reach for higher things and all that it's just a way of us trying to avoid death or kind of kind of unconscious way or conscious in some ways of trying to live forever of trying to not deal with the natural way of things that is that one day all that you are and that you have been will be erased from earth and that's okay too. About that's okay too. And he talks about the book in this chapter, The Denial of Death. Which it's also a book I, I, I'm definitely interested to read after reading this. But he explains this concept of wanting to live forever really good. 
In order to compensate for our fear of the inevitable loss of our physical self, we try to construct a conceptual self that will live forever. So, because that, that fear, you always have, you know that you're going to die. Your physical body will die. And as humans, okay, we, are, we have a capability that other animals don't have, that we no. are aware of the fact that we will die. Our physical body will die. And this is where, like, if you... That's why religions exist. That's why almost every religion has, has, has something associated with, with after death, the afterlife. Because humans are so fucking scared of death. It's something that everyone has been trying to address. Every philosophy, mm -hmm. everything yeah. addresses this concept because people are just... They are, they have such this this such a fear of death. Even if you if you start take some people are, if you start talking about death with them, they get really uncomfortable. They they do as much as they can to avoid that topic <laughs> yeah. because it's it's a fucking it's a trip. Like if once you really start thinking about it, you will die. Death will happen. Everyone you know will die. Yeah, shit will happen. And like, it's unless it's not we a, solve it's the not cure for death, but terms with it, you know, it's. Yeah, it's not easy. That's why we try At to all. do the things like that's why we we are really drawn, especially as men, to the thing of oh, my name will go on throughout history. I want to do big, big things. Yeah. That because that's our way of not dying, or yeah. at least combating that, having a chance. But only for a while, you know, dying. because that's... eventually, even the yeah the Napoleons and the I don't know Abe Lincoln's and Martin Luther Kings, even then, eventually will be erased from everyone's memory. They will die. And guess what? So, if you if you spend <clears throat> most of your life trying to leave a legacy, I think and um, if that's your sole purpose, you will compromise in certain things. You will compromise on your values, yeah. on on your boundaries, because all you're really wanting to do is making a mark in history, and that's where really dangerous stuff happens. If you go back to yeah to the the classic narcissist type that started like a lot of bad things. You go back to Adolf Hitler, Stalin. They all have, I think, that desire to leave a mark in history. And they did that in the worst way possible. They still got it done, of course, but you see what it cost. Yeah. And I think the, 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 the power in this chapter is it's in this quote. I'll just read it. Because once we become comfortable with the fact of our own death, the root terror, the underlying anxiety motivating all of life's frivolous ambitions, we can then choose our values more freely, unrestrained by the logical quest for immortality. And freed from dangerous dogmatic views. Yeah. So, as as soon as you start embracing the idea of death and that you will disappear, you you there's really a, a relief of not having to chase immortality, of not having to to be special. To go back yeah. on the the other topic, you you just you you don't have to be anything, and you things don't have to have a greater meaning. And this is a really good thing. He talked about in, in the beginning of this chapter. He's talking about his friend died. They got into a really big depression. And one day he was just thinking like, nothing has meaning. And then as he was saying that, he said to himself, okay, nothing has meaning. So that, that means being sad about that fact has as much meaning as being happy about that fact. So yeah. th nothing has meaning. So if nothing has meaning, it makes no sense. Nothing makes sense. I guess kind of, of course, this is uh, this is a, a whole discussion for a whole topic. Tune in for next week's discussion as we go over. <laughs> this is like the, the, the biggest question life. in philosophy. Do things have meaning or not? But I think a practical solution to it is what, what, what does that matter? We don't know the answer. And because we don't know the answer, you just, you get to, to choose. Do you, do you try to, to do good things about, because nothing has meaning or do you try to do bad things because nothing has meaning? Yeah. And I think, it just goes back to a pragmatic choice. You will feel better if you do better things. So just do them, even even if there isn't a, a defined source of Yeah, meaning. because at the end of the day, each thing has as much meaning as you give it. So yeah, to yeah. not even to just know that, even if you're like thinking or considering, oh, is this meaningful for my life? It is if you put that meaning. Because yeah, like going, just kind of wrapping everything up, at the end of the day, you are going to die and it's not going to matter anyway. You're like, who remembers, who knows you is going to die. And then who remembers them is also going to die. And all of us are going to be forgotten. Just think, do you remember your great, great, great grandfather? Probably not. Probably you've never heard a fucking word about them. That, that man has been forgotten. And it's okay, as most men and women in history have been forgotten. 
but it's so it's kind of easy to like you know just be talking about this but then in our day-to-day it's hard to you know be conscious of this that's why like he says in the book you must adopt practices of being or dealing with this fact of life and death so this may be reading the stoics getting in depth in those you know in their teachings in their books this is maybe going into nature and doing some crazy shit some uh, <coughs> excuse me <coughs> oh my god my voice is dying <laughs> sorry i was sick last week and i'm still not recovered but yeah maybe this is going into nature and like he did standing on the edge of a cliff just sitting there and seeing how your body feels when d- dealing with the fact of almost certain death and you'll see yeah. see how much like yeah like see how much whatever bullshit you're taking about really matters yeah because after Nothing after really... you come out of those experiences you will feel alive and you will see yeah. how much every how much shit matters and how much it also doesn't matter you'll kind of come to terms with life itself which is that it's a yeah. lot being alive and being dead and everything in between and i think with that small disclaimer just yeah before we end it small disclaimer don't the, the, the cliff thing we do not take responsibility for anything yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> choose your cliffs wisely. <laughs> we are not telling you to stand at the edge of a yeah. cliff you can do that but we do not responsibilize yeah. we don't we do not take responsibility for that and second just to make my point clearer i think it was kind of confusing and i just i thought i just found the quote in the book there um if there really is no reason to do anything then there is also no reason to not do anything I think that's what I was trying yeah. to say. And I think so with that with that I think we finish episode number 1 of the Searching for Meaning podcast. <laughs> go read this book. If not giving it's a amazing. fuck, go read this book please. It's on my top 5. Yeah, for Get sure. It it's not only is it a very good book, it's also a very pretty book, so it's good to sit around in your desk. So, you know. Yeah, it's, it's orange, it's black. So, <laughs> go give this book a look. It's most certainly worth read and even Let's say you read it today. It's also much worth it to read it one year from now and see how your perception of these ideas change with time. With that being said, you can find us on Instagram at Paths of Meaning. That's P-A-T-H-S of Meaning on Instagram. This was episode number 11 once again. My name is Gonzalo. I was joined by Tiago. And it has been a pleasure. Adios. See you next week. Bye.